So we're going to be closing out chapter one today and uh, excited for that because there's so much there for There's so much for us in God's word every day in every book, uh, but we love the book of Mark teaching us to follow in the footsteps of Christ Jesus. And so with that, if you don't have a Bible this morning, we want you to have one in your hands. Uh, just slide your hand up. Uh, Usher will bring you a Bible, and uh, that is yours for today. And that can, you can take that home and give that Bible a forever home if you need a new one or if you don't have one. And so that is yours for today. And so we're going to continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ as he calls us to be disciples, as he calls you and me to follow him on this journey of discipleship with him. And it's a journey that we do together as well, right? Um, like I said, we're going to be closing the book of Mark, and we have, or not the book of Mark, the first chapter of Mark, and we have so much already in this first chapter to be in awe about, to be amazed about, about who Jesus Christ is. This man who came from obscurity, this man who came from humility, right? Being pronounced by God himself, that he is the Son of God, and he is well-pleased in him. That he was anointed by the, the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. We've seen that miraculous vision of, of this dove coming down, being pronounced as the Son of God. We've already witnessed Jesus calling his first four disciples, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, and, and how they how they, when he called them to, uh, to follow him, they said, well, we're going to come next year, right? After we get our affairs in order, right? Is that, how, is that how they responded? No, Mark says what? What's his favorite word? Immediately, immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. We've already witnessed him in the last couple sermons, this ultimate authority that he has that's on display as, as God. And he preaches at the astonishment of the people. He preaches with such authority. And then, and then we see him deliver a man from a demon. His power and his authority over the spiritual realm. And we've already seen him heal Simon's mother-in-law. He has power and authority over all creation. This is your God. We see that Mark uses this word immediately over and over again, and it speaks of his power, God's power. And then we see how his fame started to spread all over Galilee, and people came knocking on the door. They want to be healed. They want to be delivered. What a miraculous man. He must be a God-man. He was astonishing the crowds at his power and his authority. And we're going to see that as we go through the rest of the book of Mark. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Raising people from the dead. Healing the sick. Delivering people from demons. What a miraculous God-man. But let me ask you this this morning. What's the point of all of that? When you think about the miracles, and today we're going to be looking at the miracle of a leper being healed. What is the point of Jesus healing people? What is the point of him delivering people from evil, delivering people from demons? 
What's the point of all of it? Why is, why is this written down in our Bibles today to open it up and read these events? What's the purpose? What is God trying to teach us? If all Scripture is breathed out and profitable for teaching, what are we to be learning and applying in our lives? Yes, we already know that Jesus is full of compassion for the world, right? His heart is deeply grieved by the suffering of the world. We've already seen that. The fallout of disease and sin and turmoil. And yes, we also see that it's extremely important that these miracles testify to who he is. And they also affirm his message as as, as the, as the God-man, as the Son of God. And it affirms his message that the kingdom of God is here. It's time to repent and believe. But let me ask you this. When it comes to the actual physical healing or physical deliverance, like Peter's mother-in-law or the demon-possessed man or this leopard today, is there more to the story? What is God teaching us? Is there a bigger truth being told? Is there a greater heavenly reality being told in this earthly picture? Does healing, deliverance, and miracles teach us much more than just another miraculous event? Something to marvel at. I'm going to argue this morning, yes. Yes, it does. Yes, in fact, I would even argue that that is the primary reason to have these events, the primary reason that Jesus would heal somebody. And so as we look at this 2,000 years later, we need to look at these as much more than just a fantastic story, much more than just love and compassion, and even much more than just affirming Jesus' deity. In fact, what we're going to see is that it teaches the gospel over and over and over again, and we need to hear it over again. And so we're going to see that in our text today. We're going to witness this again. We're going to witness another miraculous healing. And as we dig into the details, what stands out very clearly today is four essential gospel truths. Through the healing of this leper, you and I are going to see that there is an urgency. The urgency of spiritual cleansing and a calling for us to respond accordingly. So Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to have your word in our hands. As we think about this week and we think about uh, Reformation Day, we, 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 we look at this Bible, this word of God that we have in our hands, and we are eternally grateful that it's in our language, that it's been fought for. Blood has been spilt so we can have this in our hands. And through it, to come to know you, to come to know Jesus Christ, to come and know the salvation that has only been purchased by his blood. And so we thank you. Would you speak to us today through your word? Would your Holy Spirit apply it to our hearts deeply? And may we be forever grateful and forever changed. Lord, we pray that you would do your work today. We love you in the name of Christ. Amen. So as we start in verse 40 here, friends, um, we see this leper approaching Jesus, seeking to be healed, seeking to be cleansed. He has a life-debilitating disease. And through the witness of his desire and the subsequent cleansing, the first gospel truth that we need to apply to our life is this today, confess your urgent need. We need to confess our urgent need. We have a universal problem. Verse 40, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. So if you can remember back a couple weeks ago, uh, Jesus just finished healing many, many people in Capernaum. And then early in the morning, before the sun came up, he got away. He got away to pray, to an isolated place to pray to his Father in heaven. But then soon, Peter shows up, and, and many people are still needing to be healed. His, his fame is spreading, and, and Simon comes and searches for him and others, and they find him, and they say, everyone is looking for you. But do you remember how he responded? He, he responded a little differently than we would have thought. He said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. So we've seen that Jesus' priority was not healing, but rather preaching. And then verse 39 said, he, he went out through all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and it also says that he was casting out demons. So although primarily his goal was to preach, he was also full of love and compassion and still healing. Preaching was his authority. He still loved compassionately. He was casting out demons and healing people. And then this leper comes to Jesus. This leper obviously heard about this famous teacher, this, this famous healer, and he comes in hope of being transformed, in hope of being healed. And so let me ask you this morning, when's the last time you have run into a leper? When's the last time you've seen leprosy in front of you? Anybody ever see somebody with leprosy? Okay. Jason Amalti, India, yeah, for sure. Um, but for us in, in, in the West, do we even know what leprosy is? 
Well, let me just tell you a little bit. Leprosy is an extremely debilitating disease, and it's been around for thousands of years. Uh, we see it here in the New Testament, and we also see it as far back as Leviticus in the Old Testament. Um, it's also recorded in Egyptian histories and Babylon and in India. And so it's been with us for a long time in our society, and it is still with us today, mostly in third world countries. But leprosy is a chronic, infectious skin disease, and it's caused by bacteria, and it changes the skin's pigment. It wreaks havoc on your mucous membranes, and it often manifests itself by damaging the nervous system, damaging nerves on, on your face, on your arms, on your legs, on your feet. You end up losing your sense of touch so much that you injure yourself. You cannot feel, therefore you don't have that feedback response of pain, and, and you injure yourself. Ends up resulting in open sores and, and lesions and the deformation of limbs and the face. You often see people with clubbed appendages. Now, I have, I have one arm. This is not from leprosy. I was just born this way. But people end up getting clubbed appendages. Facial deformities. It's, it's very, very sad to see somebody with this disease. It's very debilitating. And according to the World Health Organization, we still have leprosy with us today. It goes by the name of Hansen's disease. It's extremely contagious. And so if you have it, you're often isolated, you're often outcast, you're often alone. And in the days of Jesus, it would have been far worse. If you had leprosy, you were considered to be extremely sinful, extremely unclean. You were an outcast. You were put outside the city walls. You were kept at a distance to protect society. By law, you were not allowed to be around clean people, and they were not allowed to be around you. But here we see this suffering leper. Moved by the hope of cure, desperately desiring healing, he hears about this miraculous healer, this, this man that everybody is talking about, and so he goes out, he finds him. And the text says, he's imploring him. He's pleading with him. He is urging him. He is on his knees, kneeling before him, saying, if you will, you can make me clean. Friends, this would have been scandalous. This would have been scandalous on his part. The fact that this leper even gets close to Jesus, who was considered a rabbi, a teacher at that time, would have been completely shocking. It would have been outlawed. In fact, when you look back to Leviticus and the Levitical laws given to us by God through Moses to preserve God's people, at that time, leprosy was so serious, it was such a threat to the purity of the Israelites that lepers were quarantined outside the camp. And they were treated like the scourge of the earth. Leviticus 13, 45 to 46, the leprous person who had the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean, period. 
He shall live alone, period. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so we see in the days of Christ that this was still alive and well. Lepers were considered unclean outcasts. Uh, We even know later in in Jewish writings that there was a a six-foot distance law you had to have. And if it was windy, it would be a 150-foot distance you had to keep from a leper. It was extremely serious. And so the fact that this leprous man comes begging and crying out to Jesus would have been illegal. Like I said, it would be scandalous. Everybody watching would be in shock. But his urgent need of healing overruled any hesitation, overruled any law, overruled any prohibition. And at great risk, he believes, he hopes, he reaches out to the only one who could help him in his affliction. Remember, this would have brought such physical impairment to him, such ugly disfigurement, such embarrassing shame. This disease robbed him of his real freedom. Any kind of true community, any kind of dignity would be gone. And so Jesus is his only hope. And on his knees, he asked the Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. This afflicted and outcast man confesses his urgent need. If you are willing, the NASB says, you can make me clean. So as much as this man's greatest desire was to be free from this affliction, from this physical ailment that has stolen his life, there is a greater truth being told here. The greater truth is that he needs healing and deliverance far beyond he could ever imagine. Although he desires this physical disease to be eradicated, what he truly needs is total healing, both the physical and the spiritual. His urgent need is even more urgent than he could know. But nonetheless, he comes, he confesses his need, and he pleads that the will of God would be that he would be healed. And so let me ask you, when you think about your life, when you think about your desires, when you think about your sin, when you think about your fallen condition, is your most urgent need to be free from your own disease? Your spiritual disease, your spiritual leprosy. So, even though we don't see leprosy all around us today, apart from Jesus Christ, you and I are lepers at heart. We're spiritual lepers because we have broken God's laws, we are sinners. We are spiritual lepers held captive by the disease that we have brought upon ourselves. Right? Since the garden, when when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, we have been spiritual lepers, and we continue in that leprosy. We continue to disobey God. We sin against Him, and we carry within us the most volatile, the most heinous pathogen that we could ever imagine. We are depraved to the core. 
We are afflicted and we are imprisoned by our own doing. And we are polluted by our own disobedience. And so our greatest, our most urgent need is the cleansing that can only come from the great physician, from the great healer, Jesus Christ himself. Apart from Jesus, each one of us are marred by sin. We are ugly on the inside. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Our hearts are scarred. They are deformed. We are outside the camp. We are outside the city. We are outside of the presence of God, full of shame, full of guilt, full of loneliness. So have you discovered that truth about yourself yet? Have you looked in the mirror at your own depravity? We have a universal problem. We have an urgent need. The world, every person who's ever been born throughout all of history is a sinner. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? None has done good. No, not one. And our sin has diseased us to the core and has enslaved us so deeply that we have no hope of cleansing, no hope of freedom apart from someone coming to heal us of that. We can't do it ourselves. And so let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Or are you trying to tough it out? Are you trying to heal yourself? Are you trying to put on some kind of carnal salve on your sores? Are you trying to cover it up? Are you trying to be clean in your own strength? The truth is that we need to realize once and for all that we have this urgent need of cleansing from our own sin. And so by example of this account of the leper, we need to come to Jesus. We need to come to the healer. We need to come to the one that can only save you, the one that can only cleanse you. You need to believe what you have heard from us, what you have heard from God's word. And, and I would say today, if you do not believe that, if you think that what we're doing here is a joke, if, you, if you're here because you feel you need to be here, because you have to be here, Today is the day to fall on your knees like the leper. Fall on your knees and cry out to the healer. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. 1 John 1, 8-9 if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, we have to take this very seriously. And we love you enough. We love anybody that comes to that door enough to show them this glorious truth. And so the first step to spiritual cleansing is to confess your urgent need. And so ask yourself right now, truly, 
Have I done this? Have I fallen on my knees before the Lord and cried out and confessed my urgent need? Confess your urgent need. And then next what we see, the next glorious gospel truth is that we need to receive his merciful cleansing. He has the only solution. Verse 41, moved with pity, he, that's Jesus, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. So as scandalous as it would have been for this leper to approach Jesus Christ, even more scandalous would be Jesus reaching out to touch a leper. Jesus did not reject him. He did not run from him. It says that Jesus was moved with pity. The New American Standard Bible says he was moved with compassion. In fact, if you look at the original Greek, the word being used here is a very strong word. It actually brings the sense of Jesus being provoked to anger. In fact, if you have an NIV with you this morning, it says he was indignant. One beautiful truth about our Lord and Savior is this. He is more angry at the effects of of sin than you could ever be. As angry as you could ever be about heart disease or cancer or AIDS or leprosy, Jesus is all the more angry at what our sin has done to us. Even though we're responsible for sin coming into the world, his heart moves towards us. He doesn't run from us even in our filth, in our disease that deeply dwells within our hearts, Jesus comes near. When we come near to him, he comes near to us. If we honestly confess our urgent need to be cleansed and, and seeing our sinful state, he responds with compassionate anger at the effects of our sin. But with that, he is so full of love towards us, so full of love towards the suffering and the afflicted. So let me ask you, are you suffering this morning? Are you suffering because of sin in your life? I love that James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a promise. And so moved with pity, we, we see Jesus, he reaches out to this wretched soul. He stretches out his hand against all good human sense, against the law and against the stigma of the day, against the fear of being diseased himself, and he touches him on his diseased body. This disfigured body. And he answers him and he says, I will saying, my will is in accordance with your request. I will be clean. That's my will. And so if you have been saved from your sin this morning, this has happened to you. Jesus has reached out to you and has touched you, and he has proclaimed to you, I will be clean. Jesus desires 
and loves to save sinners from their sinful state. That is his will. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That is his desire. And then we see, out of that same mouth, Jesus the creator, that same mouth that merely spoke and the universe exploded into existence, He speaks to his creation, and his creation obeys, and immediately the leprosy left him. It was completely removed, instantaneously. It happened all at once. There was no delay. Just like the demon being exercised at the synagogue, or Peter's mother-in-law, this sickness was immediately eradicated. When Jesus cleanses, it is always full. It is always complete. This is your God. This is your Savior. This is your healer. He does not delay. His cleansing is always 100%, both the spiritual and the physical. One day we're going to be with the Lord in glorified perfection. Our total healing is going to be realized one day. This leper's sores would have instantly disappeared. His sense of touch would have returned. His disfigurement would have been completely reversed. Every molecule of his body would show no sign of ever being affected by leprosy. I mentioned the World Health Organization. They have a mission today to eradicate leprosy from the planet. In the 1980s, there was over 5.4 million people on the planet with leprosy. But through modern science and and multi-drug therapy, those numbers have now been reduced to hundreds of thousands of people, which is awesome, which is great. What an excellent, compassionate mission they have. But can I tell you this, that there is a greater mission. Love that. But there is a greater need. There is a deeper eternal mission. The only mission. And it's your mission. More than skin, more than deformity, more than infirmity, sinful hearts need to be cleansed by the compassionate hand and touch of Jesus Christ. And that comes through you sharing that truth. Jesus touches the leper through your voice when you share his words, his gospel with the world. Lepers' hearts need divine cleansing. Your your sinful heart needs cleansing. It needs healing. And it's forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You need to receive his merciful cleansing. He has the only solution. If you are faithful to cry out to him, confessing your urgent need, he is faithful to reach out to you and touch you and heal you mercifully, immediately, completely, and eternally. This is why our church exists. This is why we exist as the church of Christ. It's the good news of Jesus Christ 
that absolute cleansing and forgiveness can be had in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. If we don't believe that, then we might as well go home. This is why we exist. He is the only solution. So please hear me now, and, and I say this with great love and compassion towards you and towards people coming through our doors. If you're here because you think it's the right thing to do, if you, you're here because you feel that you have to be here, or, or you, you're here because your wife or your husband wants you to be here, or if you're here because you simply want to feel good, or if you want to learn some good morals for you and your family, if you are here just because you want community and friends, we welcome you. But we love you enough to tell you that if you are among us and you never actually receive this cleansing salvation of Jesus Christ, we consider that a huge failure. Complete failure on our part. We want you to know the good news. We want you to know the cleansing that comes through Jesus Christ. We want you to have joy everlasting. When we say those words at the end of our service, you are loved, the most loving thing that we can share with you is that this is not about good morals. This is not about duty. And community is not enough. You need to turn. You need to turn from your sin. Confess your urgent need. Receive complete and eternal salvation and forgiveness that comes through Christ alone. Today is the day of salvation. You don't know if you're going to make it home safely today. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know if you're going to get that cancer. You don't know when your day is up. The opportunity is here. And it is real. And it's right before you. Cry out to God like King David. Psalm 51, 1-2. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And he will be faithful. He will. And so receive his merciful cleansing. He has the only solution. And so when you confess and you repent and you receive the cleansing salvation of God, he does even more. He does even more. He, he reconciles you. Be reconciled by his grace. He brings you back into God's presence. Verse 43, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. So friends, in the Levitical days, there was a process put forward by God, to, like I already said, to keep his people pure, keep them undefiled when it came to lepers. Uh, there was this process of confirmation and cleansing uh, that was the responsibility of the high priest. And so as all lepers were banished to be outside the congregation, they were outside the community, they were in isolation and desolation. When a leper would claim to be healed of his leprosy, the news would come to the priest. And Leviticus 14 shows us this cleansing process. Verses 2 to 7. This shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing. 
he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall look. Then if the case of leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleansed two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. And the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. And then on top of that, if you continue, the leper would have to wash his clothes. He would have to shave his hair and his beard, even his eyebrows. He would have to bathe himself and he would be declared clean. It was a process of cleansing to bring the leper back into the community to bring him back closer to God's presence, who would have been in the tabernacle. And so Jesus sternly charges this leper we're reading about um, to keep the news quiet in the streets, but to go and show himself to the priests, as Moses commanded in Leviticus, to prove to them that Jesus is the great healer. He is the Messiah, Jesus is God, that he, that he is the high priest who goes outside the camp, that he's the one that goes to the infirmed, that he's the one that goes to lepers, that he's the one that goes to the unclean, the sinful, that he has come down from heaven to reconcile spiritual lepers back to God, to purify them from their sin, to bring them back into communion with the very presence of God himself. Since the garden, since Adam and Eve ate the fruit, since, since we followed in their footsteps and balled up our fists against the Lord and we disobeyed his commands, in our sin we are all separated from the presence of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, they, they were banished from the garden. They were taken away from the, the very divine loving presence of God. Because God is holy and righteous and he cannot stand in the presence of sin. And in our sinful nature, with our leprous hearts, we would be destroyed in his holy presence. You will surely die was the promise. And so our sin has separated us from the very presence of God. Isaiah 59, 1-2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins has hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. That is a reality for the entire globe who doesn't know Jesus Christ. But his ultimate plan is not to leave us there. His ultimate plan is to reconcile sinners back to himself through the blood of his son, right? As unrepentant sinners, we stand outside of the loving fellowship with the Lord. As unrepentant sinners, we cannot come near to God. We cannot know him. We are unclean. 
perhaps you've seen in the movies or even in real life. The detailed process that it takes to, to disinfect somebody who's been exposed to some kind of biohazardous material. Perhaps somebody's been exposed to, let's say, an infectious disease or some kind of hazardous substance, uh, and they have to be quarantined. And in that quarantine, they go through some testing and they go through some cleansing before they can be brought back into the presence of people again. This is the same thing with sinners. We cannot not be brought back into God's presence on our own. As our sin has defiled us to the very core of who we are, we need more than external cleansing. We need a deep and total cleansing that only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ before we can be in God's presence. Not that we could harm him, but that he could harm us. He cannot be in our presence in our sinful state. And so Jesus died on the cross for this. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter 15, verse 37 to 38, at his crucifixion and his death, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This was the curtain that separated the priests from the, the holy of holies, the, the presence of God. And we see in Christ's sacrificial death, the curtain tearing in two, symbolizing that God can now, or people can now be in the presence of God because of what he has done. Jesus stands as our high priest who goes outside the camp, who makes the only way back to him through his death. This is the greatest hope of our salvation. This is the greatest part of the good news. Freedom from sin is great. Eternal life is great. We love that. Eternal healing is awesome. Not going to hell is great news. But we missed the point, if that's all that we think it is. We miss the greatest of all good news, which is to be restored to the presence of God. To be restored to right relationship with the God of all eternity, the only God. To be brought back to the camp, to be brought back into the garden, to be brought back to the very holy presence of God. This is where your greatest joys will ever be satisfied. This is salvation. Heaven is going to be in the presence of God. When you get to heaven, you inherit God. You are there with him. He is heaven. Being with heaven, being with him is worth everything. So we can't miss that. This is salvation. And so we need to confess our urgent need. We need to receive his merciful cleansing. We need to be reconciled by his grace. And then in this last section, we need to marvel at his sacrificial exchange. Marvel at his sacrificial exchange. He takes your place. Jesus instructed this leper to keep the news quiet in the streets, but to go to the priests. But the leper disobeys. 
He didn't go to the priests. Verse 45, he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The leper was so ecstatic about his miraculous healing. He was so overjoyed by the relief of of so many years of this disease and, and rejection being taken away. He reveled in his new freedom and he enters the courts of the city to be accepted as a whole person again. His eyes were fixed on what God has done rather than what God has commanded. He marveled at his healing rather than the instruction of Christ's message. Rather than the message, Jesus' fame here again is spreading like wildfire. So much so that he could no longer openly enter a town. The mobs were just too great. The demand of the people was too much. It was a distraction from his desire to preach the good news. And so he had to avoid the cities and the towns. And so Jesus would retreat from the massive crowds in the cities, the thousands of people that are mobbing him, and he goes to desolate places where people would come to him from every order. And so ultimately what we see here is that the sinful leper was restored to community while Jesus is expelled to desolate places. Again, we see the gospel shining through. The picture of the great exchange going on here. That he exchanges his perfect righteousness for our sinful rebellion. That he, on the cross, declares us innocent and he takes our guilt. That he takes our punishment and he sets the prisoner free. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the righteousness we receive from God himself. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so the leper's spots were removed. He is healed completely. Whenever Christ performs a miracle of healing, friends, or he delivers somebody from demons, or he raises someone from the dead, the point is not just to record a miraculous story. It's to teach so much more, that he loves us compassionately, that he heals his suffering creation but that tells a greater story. It's the story of redemption. These stories are miraculous, temporary, real events pointing to miraculous, eternal realities. And so we need to marvel at that. Think of the leper now in the town with his freedom, rejoicing, and Jesus expelled to the wilderness. He takes our place. Don't miss the message. Don't be like the crowds. 
Confess your urgent need. We have a universal problem. Receive his merciful cleansing. He has the only solution. Be reconciled by his grace. He brings you back into God's presence and marvel at his sacrificial exchange. He takes your place. I'm going to ask the ushers to go and get the Lord's Supper. I'm going to pray. Lord, we, we do marvel at what you have done. We marvel at the great exchange. The pure for the defiled. Lord, we come to you as those who, who were defiled, those who were lost, spiritual, abandoned lepers. But we come to you and we rejoice in you knowing what you have done for us. We thank you for this account of this healing, that, that it shows us your power, your authority. But even more than that, it shows us our eternal need to be cleansed by the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone. It teaches us about the good news. And so we rejoice in that. We praise you for that. Uh, for those who, who don't know you, for those who don't know for sure if they know you, I pray, Lord, that they would come to you at, like the leper. That they would be so sick and tired of their sin. So sick and tired of the pain and the affliction of this fallen world that they would drop to their knees and that they would confess who you are and that you would heal them. Eternally, Lord, we, we pray. And we thank you for your word today that it always it's always true. It's always powerful. It's always active and living. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.